Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. I want you guys real quick uh, to turn to Proverbs 29. I'm going to share my heart with you today. And then we have some potluck, okay? But if you, listen, you got dressed to come to church, so don't, don't leave and don't sneak out on me. You got dressed, you brush your teeth, hopefully you brush your teeth. And, um, and, you, uh, and you got here. And I said this, all these festivities, because I, I want to bring you on a journey. Of, so my job as a pastor here today is to not only bring you on a journey of what happens at RCC and our three-year anniversary, but how it relates to you as well. Say, this relates to me. Come on, say, what am I about to hear? Relates to me. I want to give you a clue before we, we start here. The Bible is very clear on, on a lot of principles here. If you are a part of a community, there's a corporate anointing and a corporate blessing or a corporate favor that lies on that community, right? In every community, there's a certain type of favor, certain type of, 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 of um, giftings in that. So if you consider this your home, I believe this is what I'm about to share. And I gave my leaders a snippet. So leaders, you only got like 20, 20% when our leaders meeting on Friday. I'm going to give the congregation 100% of this. So I'm going to release a, a, something symbolic and prophetic um, this morning. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about um, our progress as a ministry and a vision. But I'm going to talk about it in the sense of your life too, that it's a journey in a mountain. So there's, there's, I'm going to talk about a journey of the mountain of when we started in year one and we are at year three. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, we're going to read it in two different versions, in the KJV, the King James Version for, for Francisco. And then, <laughs> we usually don't do King James. We do New King James or NLT, but the, today is, and then we're going to read the same one <laughs> in the Francisco Version. Which is the Amplified, okay? So Proverbs 29, verse 18, watch this. Where there is no vision. That's in King James Version back there, guys. Um, that's the wrong version. So put the, the King James Version on there. Um, in Proverbs 29, 18, in the old KJV. Is it up there? There, there you go. Where there is no vision. Say vision. Now, I want this to be applied to your life. Even though I'm speaking on our three-year anniversary about our history, I'm asking you to apply this in your own life, in your own business, and your own ministry, okay? Where there is no vision, the people perish. Oh, my. Think about this. A ministry will perish. An organization will perish. I believe a family will perish if there's no vision for that. If we're just coasting along and we're just living our life and we're just, you know, hoping things get better and we have no vision, we will perish. The Bible says the people will perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now look at that same verse in the Amplified. The Amplified version says something really powerful. Well, there is no vision. In other words, the vision is no redemptive revelation of God, right, in that house. The people will perish, but he who keeps the law of God, or the vision of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. Okay? Now, I say that because the vision that God gave you and gave RCC in the very beginning needs some essentials, not essential oils, all right? Come on, Macy, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Your vision <laughs> needs essentials. Everybody, essentials. Say, say essentials. 
What that means is it needs certain characteristics in order for your vision and the vision of RCC to come to pass. Vision alone is not going to take you anywhere. There has to be some essentials to vision in order for us to make a great impact, all right? And I told my leaders, now my leaders don't answer this, but I'm just, for, for, the, for the sake of me saying this, what happens to a snowball when it's formed, when it finally goes downhill of a mountain or a hill that's full of snow? It gets bigger. What else? It, get, it gets faster. So it grows. Oh, you're missing this analogy already. It grows. It goes faster. And it has great impact, right? But what causes a, a snowball to gain the speed and the strength? What is that word called? Momentum. Everybody say momentum. Everybody say momentum. Because I looked up the word momentum, and it is a powerful word when it comes to vision of your life. I'm here to tell you, if you want momentum in your life or the vision that God gives you, you got to know what momentum is. But you have, before you do that, you got to understand in just a minute how momentum happens. It doesn't happen automatically, okay? Momentum is a strength of force gained by motion. In other words, you got to be active, all right? Or by a series of events, the quantity of motion of a moving body, okay, measured by its mass and velocity. Now, the, this, the last sentence is what I really want to get at. It's the force gained by a moving object. It's the force gained. In other words, momentum is when it's... you. Momentum takes the baton of what you already built on for years, and it starts moving on its own. In order for you to get momentum, though, you have to have phases of it. And in RCC, we've had phases of momentum, but it, the first, there's three phases that I'm going to talk about today uh, of starting and building momentum. Listen, in your life, again, I'm talking about RCC, but I want to include you. In your ministry or your business, there's three phases. Come on, say phases. Don't be dead on me this morning. I know you guys like to shout. Now, the three phases. So the first phase I'm going to talk about is at the bottom of the mountain. Everybody say bottom of the mountain. So I want you to picture the snowball is the vision, okay? The snowball is the vision of your life. Is The snowball is the vision of the church. The snowball is your vision. Watch this. It has to start at the bottom. Everybody see in the bottom. In order for you to start getting momentum in your life, listen, in your business, in your ministry, in your church, please hear me now, in anything that God has called you to do, you got to start at the bottom of the mountain, all right? But it takes a group of people to believe in the vision to help form the vision and form the snowball. Before, before RCC was anything, it had to be formed. See, visionaries see something complete before it's formed in the natural. So they, the, the visionaries see what, they, what the Lord has put in their heart about how they want a certain thing to happen. Watch this. In their family. Look at me. You, look, you guys are looking at me crazy, but every one of you have some sort of vision. You just don't know it. In other words, you label it as a goal, but you have a vision for your family, don't you? You have a vision for your finances. If you don't, you need to. You have a vision for your business, but you need to have a vision for your calling. Listen, if you just, everyone is called to something, but if you don't have a vision for your calling, your calling is just going to be a calling. And it's just, watch this. You know what momentum is? Moving. 
is the moving force. You cannot have momentum without vision. And you cannot have momentum without movement. Oh, Lord. And see, it's like you start hard, you play hard first, you work hard first, you sacrifice first in the beginning and form the vision, and there's going to be a lot of trouble forming that in the the process because it's a newborn thing. But if you don't start it and if you don't activate it, it's just going to be snow. And so I'm here to tell you that three years ago, there was a vision that God put in my heart, and I gathered a group of people, and they believed in the vision, and they started forming the snowball with me. And we were at the bottom of the mountain with Rosie and Frankie and Frank and Frank and, and, and a whole bunch of you guys. I just can't think of you guys right now. Louis, right? Victor, Ani. And, and, and we were sweaty, and we were in a school. Glory to God. You have to understand something, guys. The, the, for us as a church, the vision of the snowball is this. you got to first identify the vision. Watch this. And then you got to form the vision. Oh, you got to identify what your vision is. Say identify. And then you got to form it. But that is formed on the first phase in the bottom of the mountain. Come on. Listen to me. Don't tune me out. Don't tune me out. Because there's a lot of you that you're just coasting by and wondering why your calling is not coming to pass, why your gifting is not coming to pass. Because if I could say this lovingly, you don't, you're not activating vision in your calling. There needs to be some sort of vision. Well, well it's going to happen one day. It may not if you don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit. All right? Vision by itself is not going to complete it. So there has to be phases. The first phase of vision to gain momentum, watch this, is at the bottom of the mountain. Now watch this. This is going to be glorious. I think this is the first time I've ever shared this scripture publicly. I've said it privately. But for us as a church, before we even started at Remnant Christian Center, the Lord gave me uh, some scriptures. And I want to see this one main scripture the Lord gave me before we were in the school. One scripture, he gave me a couple, that identifies, and I prayed that this is what I wanted to see. And now here we are three years later, and this scripture that you're about to see, you have to, you have to, you have to read it with it here prophetically, has already come to pass. See, you have to understand that if you have a vision of something, keep pursuing that. If God gave it to you. And this is what God gave me. God told me, he said, I want you to be a church. Before we started, here's vision, okay? I want you to be a church that is open and accepts the broken. I know that sounds cliche, but it was, it, it was real to me. And, and the, the, the rejects, the people that don't, nobody wants, those that, that have been hurt by other churches, right? Those who've been uh, offended and hurt. I want, and those that nobody wants, I want you to open the doors for them. And I want the, once you open the doors for them, I want you to have vision to have a purposeful structure of healing for them to get healed. Right? So what did we do? I want you to look at this, this scripture that God gave me back three and a half years ago. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 through 2. This is the golden scripture that God gave me. If you don't know it, now you know. Before I started the church, he said, this is what's going to happen at RCC. Are you ready? Are you ready? David was running away from Saul, yet he was anointed. Can I pause and say you could be called and anointed and still running away in fear and still running away from your calling and still be uh, 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 with a lot of injustice, but that doesn't take away the anointing and the call of God in your life. 
David was already uh, anointed in the eyes of the Lord as the next king, but he was fleeing from Saul. Now watch this. David therefore departed from there. He was running from there, and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. Here is the vision. Everybody say vision. That God gave me through this scripture three and a half years ago is this verse right here. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, that's not a good congregation now that you want to inherit, right? And everyone who was discontented gathered to David. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with them. Think about this. You're not shouting because you're not getting a revelation. When, preacher, when people start a church, they want to they inherit people that are mature. They want to inherit people that can give. They want to inherit people that have been saved for a long, long time. David's church or David's ministry, David, the people that were drawn to David was the rejects, those who were in debt. They couldn't even give. They were in debt. They were discontent. They were angry. They were bitter. They were offended. They were, watch, immature. And God says, I'm going to bring them all to you because in your ministry, there's going to be something about your rule, your, your kingdom, and your ministry that's going to bring healing to them. Because you say, how do you know that? Because those same rejects, those same people were that were in debt, a whole book later became David's mighty men. We read a whole chapter in 2 Samuel, a whole chapter of uh, uh, Dodo and this guy and this guy who, and who, who fought people with a sword. And he, he clung to the sword so hard that they had to pry his hands away from the sword. They describe the attributes. The great, there's no other place in Scripture that describes the great attributes other than the book of Acts. Other than 2 Samuel, where they describe the great attributes of these great men. But nobody realized and put together that those great men that were fighting, they were the rejects that nobody wanted. They were those that were in debt. They were the ones that came in and angry. And they were all bitter. And their former church, paraphrasing, didn't like them, didn't, didn't, didn't pay attention to them. And David said, this is what God gives me. This is what we're going to build. And guys, from day one... Even, even, I got to be careful, but even people here, there's people here that you've come here and your life has been radically transformed, but you came from a broken church experience. You came hurt, you came offended, and let me tell you something. God gave a vision back then, and the reason why we're seeing momentum is because we've implemented things for the vision. What did we do? In my third or fourth week of starting the church, I met with a team, and I said, we need to start something on inner healing. We need some sort of course. We need some sort of retreat, and we come up with a name, Journey. Right? We met at a Panera Bread, and we said, this is going to be a journey. They're going to go to a retreat, and, and, and we had the curriculum, deep-rooted curriculum about dealing with father issues, father wounds, Mother wounds. In other words, the p reason why people act the way they act is because of their experiences and hurt in their past. Because experience produces expression. Whatever you've experienced and you don't heal, it will be an expression in your life. That was a good place to say amen. And so why does this scripture happen? Because number one, it brought healing and broken to the rejected, this scripture. Number two, it talked about Raising them up to be future leaders in that, in that verse for Samuel. And number three, some of you guys have known me for a while, known this. In that chapter that I just read, it provided the vision for community.
Because they were all together. They didn't want to separate. You know what? You've known this. When I started the church, I talked to several of you. And I said, what do you think is missing in the church? And many of you said, I love the word. I love the worship. Or I love this in my church. Or I love that in my church. But I feel disconnected. How many people in church hear a good word, hear good worship, but they feel disconnected? Now, I'm not saying that RCC has solved the problem, but we are continuing to be intentional to draw people to connectivity with each other. Why? Because that was our vision. I, I kept with the vision of saying, we want to be a community church because I want to I be rare, I said. I want to flow in the power of God and be a community church. Usually it's one or the other. Usually it's like a community church, really friendly and family, and sometimes in my experience it lacks the movement of the Holy Spirit. And then the other side, there's the movement of the Holy Spirit, and it's all this craziness, and no one's getting discipled, no one's getting shepherded, and there's no community. But I wanted to merge the power of God and community together. And look around, three years later, we are a community church. We are known as a community church, not because we trumpet, because we, say, because we live it. But you know what the secret is? Is that we stayed true to the original vision that God gave three years ago. Now watch this. Before you could have any momentum, you could have to have a vision. And for year one, the bottom of the mountain was us. I want you to look at these pictures. This is what year one looked like for us. I want you to look at this because this is our anniversary. Year one, it started with a couple of things that I wanted to see, and uh, it all started in Miami. So uh, uh, prophetic number one in the, in the email that I gave you of, of the start of the confirmation, in March of 2016, see, I'm going to take you on a journey because some of you don't know my, our history, all right? I was in Miami, Florida with my good friend. This is 2016. Remember, we're talking about momentum. We're, we're, we're talking about climbing the mountain. The first phase was the vision being birthed. Please hear me. Somewhere in your life, there has to be a confirmation of a vision that God has given you, and it burns in you. I had just finished preaching in, in uh, IHOP Miami. It was March of 2016. I was already feeling a little, a little uh, transition, but I didn't know what it meant. Let me pause and say this. If you've ever been or going through transition, I want to help you. I could write a book on transition. Let me tell you a little clue on transition. Right before a transition happens, it's always usually preceded by a season of frustration. Right before, listen to me, right before God transitions you into a new assignment or a new place, it doesn't mean a new location only, but whenever there's about to be a transition in your life, it's usually always preceded by a season of frustration. That's how you know most of the time that when you're doing all things right and you're reading the word and you're worshiping God, there's something and you're checking your heart and you're repenting, usually, usually, it's because when you're that, in that season of stagnation or frustration, God is trying to transition you. So I had just preached the, the message. I did not know. I was in Miami. Miracles started happening. People were getting healed, right? This was in the altar call. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, listen, this, this is what started it all, guys. This is what started it all. I had some people filming this, even from, from OHOP, where I was uh, a pastor there, and he goes, don't go anywhere because one of the prophetic people has a word for you. I'm like, okay. And she begins to pour oil on my head. I'm like, really? Like, I'm not talking about oil. And she's like this. I'm like, and it's dripping. I'm like, okay, lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. And she begins to prophesy. And she says, God says to you, you've been faithful. Watch this. This is in March of 2016. I did not even dream of RCC. I didn't even think about it. 
She said, there's a flock waiting for you. Now, please remember, because there's people that know me for a long time here. I did not plan this. Okay, I, I did not do this. I told people all the time, like, I, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be a senior pastor. It, like, God was like, kuh, 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 kuh. So this is the first start of the vision, right? Now, I want you to play the video, right, that I played. Now, most of you have never seen the video. It's hard to understand, but there's like a, a, like a minute video, and you'll see what she says. In 2016, this is where the vision started for RCC. Flock of your own. Giving you a flock of your own and calling you to the multitude. Says I'm shifting your direction. Says I know you love the young people and it's not that I'm taking you away from them, says the Lord. But I have more for you to do. You are a multi-generational preacher, says the Lord. I call you to the multitude. That was it. That was in 2016. Amen. Some of you have never seen that. I was minding my own business, preached, I handed the, the, the microphone, and then that's what happened. And then all of a sudden, here's, I want to give you a little clue about how, I'm, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, about how really true vision begins in your heart. After that moment, something changed in me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you had that feeling? It's like a light switch went on or off. I can't explain it. But that prophetic word stirred me to go searching. The Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. And I started searching. What is your and I started thinking that I was backsliding. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Because I felt the shift in my call. I'm like, am I backsliding, Lord? Am I doing things wrong? What is wrong with me? And it kept increasing, increasing, and increasing. And watch this. And then finally, uh, my good friend and pastor, Pastor Carlos, I love him dearly, Sarmiento. I didn't hide anything from him. I said, Lord, look what's happening. Look what's happening. I told him everything because he was also transitioning. Here's what I, it was a beautiful thing. My transition and his transition solved each other's transition. Because, it's true because he, he publicly said this. He's like, I, I, don't, I don't have the grace to continue running a local church. I'm not a functionality of a pastor, and that's okay. He's apostolic. So he announced, watch this, on June 13th, uh, which is uh, a day after my birthday, that, you know, I was going to launch a church and that they were going to, and, and OHOP was going to continue with the prayer room, and that's what the God has called them to do, right? And so I was 44 years old. Right when I when when this announcement came, uh, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, no amens in there. They're like, forty-four years old, right? But I looked up the word forty-four. Oh, I'm gonna shout! I'm running around this room. I okay. So the word remnant at that time I knew the name. It was gonna be Remnant Christian Center. I looked it up. Now I looked up the number forty-four in June thirteenth of 
2016. Now, remnant, the word remnant in the Bible means uh, chosen few or those who remained, right? After the stirring, uh, the Bible says, I, I, re- I left the remnant of Israel who has not bowed the, the knee to this, or I, I've, I've had a remnant of people that are loyal. So it's not the elite ones. It's the ones that after the shaking, they were left over, right? That, that they stood standing, right? The chosen, uh, a chosen people that were, that were uh, there, okay? I want you to see that that is significant. Number 44 means, in numerology, number 44 is about business, especially business related to building something to benefit many generations. And I said, oh, wait, no, 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 that's not that wild person. I was like, oh, my God, I'm launching in, 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 in age 44, and 44 means that you're going to build something that will last for many generations. Now, watch the next meaning of 44, and you're going to shout. Look at where it says the red, the red over there. The number 44 naturally follows 43, of course, as if in sequence because 44 is the number of chosen people. For this reason, when I saw 44, and I, listen, I wasn't going, I was just Googling stuff. I wasn't going, I wasn't searching for the thing. It just said number 44 speaks of chosen people. I said, oh my God, I'm launching at 44 and I'm launching Remnant Christian Center. Right? This is, this is a vision that God has given me. See, you guys, even my leaders, you don't know some of these things. These are things that God gives you on your journey so you can climb that mountain. And you could continue with the vision God gave you because he'll give you confirmation. Hey, this is me. So it's, I'm 44 years old. The number 44 means chosen people. Remnant means chosen few. I'm thinking, oh, my Jesus, OMG, right? Now, I want you to look at this next one. So this is the part of the vision. Now, this is what I call the burning bush. Now, this is at the bottom of the mountain. What I'm saying right now is phase one. It's the bottom of the mountain. Watch this. Please hear me. It's the formation of vision. Now, this is the burning bush for my wife. This is the burning bush for me. You know what a burning bush is. Moses is like, you know what? I don't know about this. I'm just 2019-ish it. And I'm like, he's, like, he's like, I don't know about that stuff. I'm going to go, watch this, and see this site for myself. And when Moses, who was probably doubting, like, what is this God? Why is he allowing the Jewish people to, to suffer? Right? He came from that. He goes, I want to see, I love Moses, I want to see this sight. And the Bible says he turned around and there was a bush that didn't burn. Now, I know you think that's a story and it's make-believe, but it's actually the supernatural power of God. Watch this, to get Moses' attention. The Bible says he wanted to look at that. And when he looked at the bush, God spoke through the bush. Moses. Watch. We were... I'm trying not to get emotional here. (laughs) This is the formation of the snowball, guys. This is the snowball, right? You see this, but you don't see what we had to go through. So I I remember in May 2016, sorry, a little bit about about June or something like that, um, I went to uh, Mo and Melanie's house, and they were the first people that I told privately that we were about to start a church because by that time it was uh, confirmed. And they were all nervous. So, you know what? What, what? what do you want to talk to us about? Because <laughs> I didn't say anything. I'm like, I want to go to your house and cook dinner for us. <laughs> so they're like, what do you want to talk about? I said, oh, you know, I just, I'll tell you when I get there. So I told them some of the history that you're seeing right here, some of the confirmation. They started crying. I started crying. We left at 1030 at night. Okay. Now I want to say this to you. Okay. 1030 at night. And we're going to our car. And all of a sudden, at 1030 at night, I don't know about you, but when you get a random call at 1030 at night, I'm not going to pick it up. 
It was a random number. I had not put it on my phone. I'm like, I'm not going to counsel anybody right now. I'm not going to do anything right now. And so I went to my car, and it popped in the voicemail. But I don't know if you're like me. I'm really, uh, I don't know if this is good to say it in church. I'm really anal sometimes. When it, <laughs> because, like, if I see a notification, I got I to gotta look at it. You know, and so I, see, I saw the notification, and uh, it was a voicemail that that random number, random number, listen to the timing. You want to you know that you're in a church that God really started? I want you to see all of this. I did not start any of this. I'm, me and my wife are walking out of the house. We get in our car. We put the, the Bluetooth on in the car, and we press play, and this is what we heard. Dude, I don't know what you're doing messing around, man, but uh, I've been waiting on you to open up the church for a hot minute. And uh, Grapevine says that you ain't done that yet, man. What's up? What you waiting for? All right? Come on, man. Do what God's telling you to do. Open that church. We're waiting on you. He said, it said, hurry up and start the church. We're waiting on you. I'm like... I just left that house, and I get this random call about that. That's what you heard. That was, that was what we heard. And I'm going like this. I call back. I said, excuse me, this is Pastor George. Um, you know, <laughs> so you just, you, just, you just called. And he goes, hey, man, he interrupts me. And he goes, there's a whole bunch of backsliders waiting to come to your church. That's what he said. That's it, before the Lord, he says, there's a hope. He was talking about himself. You know who that was? He was my, my first assistant, Caruso. Alex, and I had not heard from him in seven years. He could have called me. He, 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 he dropped Facebook, and, and he knows that the, his story. He just went back, and he didn't, didn't come back to the church. I had not heard from him in seven years. He could have called a year ago, and that would not made any sense. It would have been just like, you're, you're, I don't know what you're smoking. He called me for the first time in seven years, and he left this message. Hey, we're on the street is you need to start your church. Go ahead and do what God called you to do. That, I looked at my wife. That was the burning bush. Because the whole time, you know me, I'm very zealous. And every time I was telling my, my wife the confirmation, she was like, <laughs> right? She didn't say anything. I'm like, but, but 44. And I'm like, Lord, you need, you need to speak to her because if, if I don't want this to be my idea. I want this to be your idea. And all of a sudden, when Caruso got on that voicemail and told me to start a church, a backslider was prophesying over me. And I knew he instinctively said, I want to be there. And he blessed me because he was there in our first, in our first service. And God, it, God used someone that had not talked to me for seven years to prophesy to start the church. If that's not a burning bush, I don't know what you need. So then I said, OMG, OMG. In my spirit, I'm like, okay, this is really God. And finally she goes, this is God. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> and then, watch this. So now it's the momentum. Now watch this. We're forming the snowball. This is for you too. And it's going up the mountain. Now we already got the vision. Now we already got the formation. Now we already got the scriptures. Now I need some people to help me put that snowball up there, right? And, and on the way up, it's going to crumble a little bit. It's going to mess up. We're going to fight with each other. We're going to say, oh, why would you do that? You should have did it more around. You, you should have that way. And we had to put it back up. 
So while I'm searching, I'm like, okay, you told me to start a church, but where? And I'm going to be, for the first time, I'm going to be very transparent uh, with you because I want you to be on this journey. Many people said, oh, PG, you need to start in Claremont because there's a lot of people over there, you know, and, and you know, it'll help you. I go, I'm not going to start where it's convenient for me. I'm going to start wherever God wanted me to go. And so I said, Lord, where do you want me to go? And I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I, I don't, I, Apopka was the furthest from, from what I wanted to go. So I was like, okay, you know, but at the same time, me and my wife, we would say, look, I kind of, we kind of see ourselves like, down, like right on prime property. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking and, I'm, and I have a meeting. See, God, God, God uses divine serendipity where we think, we think, oh, I'm just going to a meeting. And all of a sudden God says, bam, and smack to confirmation. See, I'm a knucklehead. God had to give me 10 like confirmations. If that wasn't enough, watch this. So I'm, um, so, so. During that time, I'm having coffee at Winter Garden at Axum. Everybody knows where Axum is, most of you. And I'm just having coffee, and there's, you know, Michelle Seidler there, and she's a prophet, and some other ladies, and I'm just having coffee, and all this time, remember, this thing is brewing in me because of Caruso and all this stuff. It's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Remnant Christian Center, where? I already had, I had the what, but I didn't know the where. And she's just like... Looking, you know, sometimes prophets, when they look at you, they, they have a word, they look through you. They're like, and she, I was here, but she was looking over there, right? She says, I see you somewhere in the north. And I'm bad in geography. I, I, I take GPS everywhere. <laughs> Even locally, I'm like a GPS. What I say? Really? I'm horrible at that. And, and sometimes it's because I want to be on time. So a GPS says 20 minutes. Okay, I get the 20 minutes, right? Um, and so I said, okay, I had no clue. Tallahassee? I literally said, Tallahassee? She goes, no, no. No, I go, uh, Gainesville, you know, come on, Gainesville, shout out, Gainesville. Um, <laughs> she goes, no, no, no. It's somewhere near here, and it's going to be fruitful, but it's north from here, right? So I said, okay, I totally forgot about that. I didn't know if she was on or off. I was like, I have no clue what you're saying. I thought it was actually Sound the Alarm when I was doing Sound the Alarm conference. I thought, okay, maybe God is going to do something Sound the Alarm. So I'm, I'm driving. This is all part of the snowball, okay? It's getting bigger by this time. And I'm driving, and my GPS, I'd never thought that G God would use GPS to prophesy over me. My GPS says, in one minute, turn left to your destination, all right, in my meeting. And I look up, and this is, you guys know what's coming up next, and I saw this sign. North Apopka. You guys think I'm kidding. I felt the presence of God come into my, my, my car, and it flooded my car, and I heard the words of Michelle Sally say, I, say, I see you somewhere in the north, and I'm, and I'm driving, and I'm putting my thing in the park, and I Google, what is the, the geographical location from Winter Garden to Apopka? And if you draw a map, those of you guys know, if you draw a map from Winter Garden to Apopka, it is directly north. I saw two words. North, North, don't tell me God can't use signs. Have you ever seen Bruce Almighty? Come on. <laughs> so I'm driving and I see North Apopka. It's not North 2. It didn't have like other cities. It just said North Apopka like God was shouting, North Apopka. And when I got to Perkins, that's where I'm at, the Holy Spirit says, you're going to build my house in Apopka. And I knew it like, I, like I'm talking to you. This is north, 
and this is the location. So I said, all right. And so this is the, form, the forming of the snowball. Ready? I'm going to go fast here. I'm going to go fast here. Are you enjoying this? I want you to see in just three years what God has done. So we had no place to go. And so finally, Apopka Middle School opened its door. And guys, I don't know if you've ever been a part of a church. Put it up. There. Don't go to the next one until I tell you. That, that has to break down. For, like, so imagine putting everything that you see here and then taking it all out. Taylor remember those days. Taylor and, and uh, Pedro and, 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 and Christina. Remember those days? When we were at the, at the school and they did some amazing dramas. Man. I had such an incredible team. They would tear it down, put it up, tear it down just for a two and a half hour service. We had to be out by a certain time. So look at that. That was like a 500-seater church. I had a vision. Everybody say vision. Come on, say vision. My yes and our yes is making you here, but your yes is going to make other people other places as well. Okay? So I said, how do I, this is so big. We're just starting. I knew 30 people were going to come with me. I'm like, okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, and so look at, the ne- look at the next slide. Look at the next slide. Okay, watch. Before you go to the next slide, on, the f- on November 6, 2016, so we're celebrating November 3rd. November 6, 2016, our very first, this is when the vision actually came alive. Our first service, listen, before you do it, in this building, I was turning around like this. I did not want to turn around. I did not. I'm like, oh, this, is, this is not, I'm just going to be obedient. And even if it's, it's 20 people in a 450-seater auditorium, I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord. And remember, I'm thinking like myself, I knew God called me, but I'm thinking the enemy is using this to say, did, you, did he really call you? And so I remember my wife. She probably doesn't remember, but she goes, babe, turn around. And I turn around. Look at this slide. <clears throat> That was a first day. Come on! Look at the next slide. Look at the next slide. That was a first day. Now, I understand that there were about 200 people there that were from other churches that were there that came to honor me and support me. And I know that. But that was a sign from God, I am with you. That, that was a sign. You're doing it. All right? Now, and, and, and then... Then, of course, uh, our very first day, keep going to the next slides there, Zach, before, uh, this was our, the, the, the city officials were there, uh, Sheriff Demings were there, uh, well, was the commissioner at that time, and they got a big uh, scissors, and we cut the tape uh, for our first one. How many were there for the first service? Come on. Do you guys remember that day? Who would have ever thought just a couple months later we would be in here, which leads me to my point, all right? You can shut that off, uh, Zach, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. The second phase is pushing this, this um, thing, this vision up the mountain. Listen to me. Please listen to me. All those who have a vision for something. The second phase is this. Consistent, proactive execution of the vision that you started. If you want to get the snowball up to the mountain, on the mountaintop, it takes consistent, proactive execution of the vision. Listen, some people have vision, but they don't have any execution to the vision. They just said, I'm going to be a hairdresser, but they're not going to school. They're not studying. They're not practicing. Or I'm going to be, I'm going to be a musician, and they never picked up an instrument to try to practice, right? And so uh, you push that thing up the mountain. But here's the thing, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be fast for time's sake. Here's the history that I'm going to tell you. The second year was the hardest year 
for vision. It was the hardest year for me. Once the second year hit, it was the most exhausting, hard, hurtful year for me and many in this room. We've experienced a lot of transition, a lot of shaking. And there was times where it says, God, I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. My second year is the year where you push the snowball to the mountaintop. The first phase is forming the snowball in the, in the bottom of the mountain. The, the, getting that snowball to the top is a struggle, and ministry did not become fun anymore. And I did not like ministry. Amen? I did not like it anymore. I got attacked by an affliction that I'm still struggling with. It's lighter than it was there, but every day I battle with this affliction. It's some nerve, some nerve problem that nobody knows. Right, and it's burning, and it's painful all the time. And so my, my second year was filled with doubt. Now here's how I translate this to you. If you have a vision, your second year, or, or in a sense, you're, you're pushing it up the mountain, is going to be the time where God tests if you really believe what he told you. If you really believe the vision that he gave you, the second year is the testing of your life and of the vision. What I mean by second year, I'm not, please don't quote me on like the, the numerical year. I'm talking about the phase in your journey. Your second phase is going to require proactive execution of the vision God gave you. Because some people are just activating once in a while, but you have to be consistent. And in phase two, that's where, watch this, you're going to shout for a second. Look at me, look at me. Phase two is where uh, we had uh, a lot of trials um, how many know that the, the, the Lord answers and rewards endures trials, right? As I'm going there, and I'm going to have the worship team come up in just a second. Have you ever, we were looking for a building. Now, this is in, in, in still the first year, but I'm giving you as a second phase of your life because we're building it, right? So we saw this building because we didn't want to stay in the, in the school forever. Guys, look at this supernatural work. We were only a ministry for four months. I kid you not. I kid you not. Have you guys ever dated somebody or, or attempted to date someone? Maybe it's your own wife now. Or ladies, maybe it's your own husband now. Glory to God. But in the beginning, they could do nothing wrong. And, and, and you're like, they are so out of my league. Or maybe you tried somebody and they were really out of your league and then it just didn't happen. Have you guys ever been there like, oh, my God, this is the prom queen and I'm just a little tuba player. That's how I got, <laughs> I, was, I was, I was a tuba player. I, in the, I was a tuba player in high school. That's a whole other story, but, but that's where Beatbox George came out of, glory to God. I used to, I used to do the beatbox to the tuba. Man, I'm just so crazy. But. So, he, so when I saw this building and it was for sale, it was 15,000 square foot building. I'm like, there is no way. That's the prom queen. I'm just, a, I'm just a little nobody. Have you ever been there like, no, this is way out of my, there's no way on earth that we could even afford this as a four-month church when businesses say, give me your financials, give me your two years of, of, of business, we got four months. Guys, it didn't make sense. This, watch this. This is the second phase where God tests, oh, where God tests if you really believe what God gave you. So, we're, so we get this, right? And all of a sudden, we're with this, and our belo the beloved owner, he was, he was sitting us down, and he, and he really liked what we were doing because we did a, 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 just, just two weeks after we opened the church, we fed 200 people two weeks after us in our outreach. Then Rady, who is uh, right now uh, celebrating a birthday, Rady led a prayer walk 
Some of you were there. A hundred people walking from the school to 10th Avenue. We're, hallelujah, glory. We're claiming. And I didn't know this now, but maybe this is why we got this building. Because we were claiming. We were praying. We were claiming. Apopka is for Jesus. And then and Edwin, Edwin came out like this. And I came out like that. And the newspaper caught us. Like this. And it was in the Popka Chief. And so I don't know. Maybe the, the, some people heard about what was happening. We got this, it opened up, we're like, why are we here? We, are a, we're, we just got here, and I felt the peace of God. Now, it wasn't looking like this. On the outside, put, 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 put that picture up there. I don't know if you could zoom it in. It's, you know, guns, could you zoom that in? Could you, could you <laughs> this, this, is what, this is what this building was before, all right? Oh, glory to God. We serve a miracle-working God. You're sitting in a miracle. Look, guns, canoes, wrangler, whatever that, that is, right? Look at me, look at me. On the inside, watch this. On the inside, it was all uh, uh, guns, and it was canoes, and it was Mosquito Creek, and everything was sold. There is no way. Then there's a 3,000-square-foot warehouse that we have now. There was no way. And so the owner, the blessed owner here that I bless every day, somehow we got favor from the Lord with him. <laughs> yeah, look at that ant over there. Um, now watch. He sat us down. He goes, I like you guys, and I like the work that you're doing. I'm thinking, how do you know the work that we're doing? I, he saw, I saw you on the path of the chief. So we started negotiating. Now, watch this. Watch this. Please hear me. This is where your vision is going to be tested. The snowball is almost up the mountain. He sat us down. And he, said, he said, I don't know what to tell you in the negotiating table. He goes, but someone has come up and... Um, and offered to pay this building cash. So he said, please give me a couple of weeks so that I can go back and pray. Pray, pray to see who this building belongs to. So, of course, me and my big faith, I doubt it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we, we lost, babe, we lost, we're not going to do it. And I was deep depressed and my wife like we got it we get this building's ours i'm like oh, yeah well you know you know and all this stuff <laughs> and i go no 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 you have to understand you know because this is my, well, my mind how many business people are here how many business minded minded people are here okay here's what i thought he's going to go back to his siblings who own several properties and say hey listen we got this church that is just starting they're only four months old and i really like them they don't have that much money and we got this person over here that's going to be willing to pay for this property full. I would have been like, take the money, right? So two weeks passed, and two, two weeks, like we were, I'm just all nervous. I'm, I'm going to the bathroom a lot because you know, I'm nervous. I'm like, you know, I, I really am. I'm nervous. This, I'm talking about the second phase of your vision will always be tested. Are you ready for this? I don't care who you are in this life. Joseph, he was promised something, then he went through a second phase. Before we, he went to the, uh, uh, went to the up, up to the mountain. Everyone in here, your vision will have a bottom. It will have a top. And, but in the, on the journey to the top, you will want to quit. And I'm just, I'm just crying. And, and I'm like, uh, And my wife like, we got it. And for some reason, he let us still have this. So we, we, we anointed this place with oil. And we claimed it for the Lord, right? And then Joanne and all these people were praying. And then all of a sudden, two weeks turned into three. I went to Publix. You don't know the story, but this is the beautiful part of it. I went to Publix here, and uh, I wanted to record Miss Jackie. Beautiful Miss Jackie, African-American lady who, uh, who my, my son at that time prayed for in Publix, and she got healed at Publix. 
And so I'm like, okay, I want to go over there and just record. My intention was to record her so I could tell her the church in the school that God uses kids. That's all I was going to do. And she's like, oh, she's my angel, you know, over Jaden and my angel. And, and all of a sudden she's like, I, I need to go to your church. I need to, uh, well, you know, and she's in public garb, right? She goes, well, I go, well, we're in a, we're in a school right now. And it's really hard. And, guys, her eyes changed. For those of you who don't know the story, this is what happened. She was in Publix. Me and my wife were there. And she goes, God's going to give you the keys of a building. I go, what? I said, God's going to, her eyes were like, fuck. God, and people are watching. People are watching. Like, who is this lady? And she's dressed. I mean, she's going to get fired. God is going to give you the keys of the building. And all of a sudden, I feel the presence. I go, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She goes, she goes, I still remember, the Bible says, if you declare it, it shall be so. So you declare it in Jesus' name. So I'm like, okay, what just happened? Everyone's looking at me. We leave, right? So he, she just goes down the aisle. Like, A week later, I'm in the office in, in uh, the middle school. And in the middle school, I'm about to go on. And some of the associates that were dealing with the transaction said, I want to tell you something. It was Resurrection Sunday. If you guys remember that. It was Resurrection Sunday, 2017. All my staff was like, hey, have you heard from him? I know I haven't heard from him. I'm in my office 30 minutes before I, I go to, 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 the, to, the, to the service. I didn't want to get, be bothered because I'm studying. And they, they were shaking. They said, I want to tell you that on Good Friday, I was in Publix. Same story. True, same Publix where Miss Jackie was because I told my leaders that where the Publix was. And they said, I was looking at my phone and the grocery list, and I bumped into someone, and I bumped into the owner of this building. And he looked at him, and he said, I, I, I don't feel peace with these other people. I've been praying about it. I want you to do this. He put it in his pocket. He goes, tell Pastor George the building is his. And come on. Come on. You guys remember that? I bless that brother, Paul Faircloth. What, an, what, a, what a beautiful man and his family had believed in me. I text him all the time and say, sir, thank you for believing in me. I do it all the time. I say, thank you. He's a businessman. I go, thank you. He goes, don't thank me. Thank the Lord. He said that. There you are. Five months as being a church, my vision was tested. The snowball was getting tested. I got the look at look at that. Uh, sorry, that ugly thing that was behind us. That was right there where where Eliana and 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 all you guys. That was that structure there. And then I prayed. I said, God, I don't know anything about construction. And then God sent. Use it, go to the next slide. Next slide. Next slide. Keep going because I wanted to look at that. Look at that. That we got the certificate of occupancy, right? Real quick. All right. And, 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 then, and then God says, Eliel and Lolita, you guys are so part of our family. You guys remember how this looked? It was just kind of like there was a deer head over there. It was just staring at us with these big old horns. I'm like, we need to get that off really quick. They got it out. Uh, Eliel built this stage, got the remnants of this, built the stage, right? And, and I want you to see the vision coming to pass. Now this is what it looks like after the construction. Come on. Come on, that's Remnant Christian Center, as you guys know. Right? 
Now, now we got that. We got that, guys, in 2017, late 2017. It wasn't even a year since we started in the school that God supernaturally gave that this building. He worked such an incredible deal with us because he looked at me. I'll never forget. I'll never forget his words. He looked at me with tears in his eyes, the owner, and he said, I want Remnant Christian Center to succeed. I'm like... I'm almost done. This is a snippet of the start of the vision and what we've become in just a short time. Go ahead and play that. This is our, our church, our community. Someone say amen. Someone say amen. I want the worship team to come up here. I want the worship team to come up here, please, all the worship team. And I'm going to share the last phase. The last phase is the phase where you don't strive. Listen to me. Please listen. The last phase is when you've been faithful and implementing things in the vision, like journey classes, like in our vision, like the meet and greet, like the about us, like, like, like a journey branch that's going to come and we're going to have a branch for, um, for drug addicts we're working on that. And we have connect groups. Now watch this. Once that, are you ready for this? Look at me. This is the last thing I want to say. What happens or what do you have to do when you finally get that snowball on top of the mountain and you push it downward? Do you have to do anything? No. That's called momentum. The third phase of your vision is when you start seeing growth and you start seeing speed and you start seeing influence because you're, it's taking the baton of what you already built upon. Momentum now is happening at RCC, and I'm saying this to you, three years that we are here is a year of our RCC community of resurrection, but it's a year of momentum for this community. Now, come on, say amen to that. It's a year of momentum for your life, but here, I'm going to say this, what have you been working on that's a God-given vision for your life. Maybe you're in phase one where you're forming the vision. You're forming that snowball. And listen, you need a team to help you form that. Now, downhill, you know how you achieve downhill? This is powerful. Are you ready for this? It's unity with people that love the vision and love doing the vision. Woo. I'm going to say something that, that may cut us but you want true momentum in your ministry or in your church, it's going to come through the people that love this vision and love doing this vision. If you don't love it, that's fine. I, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. But momentum starts where there's unified. Do you know that there's power in unity? How many know there's unity? If everyone were, was offense-free in this church, how would our church look like? 
If everyone was not thinking about themselves, but thinking about the call of God corporately and the purpose of God for your life, what would this look like? What if everyone in here said, you know what, I have a gift that I'm just sitting on and I'm tired sitting. I believe in the church that I am plugged into and I'm going to start pushing the snowball with the others. All right? You know what happens? Momentum starts happening. People start getting saved. People start getting discipled. People start getting raised up in their giftings. That's why there's Felix here. And that's why there's Francisco. And that's why there's Kishana. They're so hungry. And these are the ones that are saying, I, wanna, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to do it. Now, I'm closing with this. How many know that there's power in unity? How many know that when you have, watch this, please hear me. I'm closing with this. That when you and I have unity, it will be easy for the vision. Real quick, Genesis. That scripture, Genesis, whatever scripture in Genesis I gave you, Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. Look at this, guys. I'm going to go quick. Then they said, these people, the Tower of Babel, let, let us come and build the great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Is this NLT? Is this NLT? Okay. Look at the next verse. But the Lord came down. Look at the city. And he, the tower of people were building. Watch this. I'm closing with this. Look, he said, the people are, are what? Are what? United. And they speak the same language. After this, the Lord says, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. This was an evil company that built a tower. And they said, they're so unified that there's nothing that will be impossible to them. So in the next verse, they said, the Lord says, let's confuse the people with language. So the Lord confused them because they became so powerful. Because they were united. Even in unrighteous agreement, there's power. But in the righteous agreement, look at Acts chapter 2. Look at Acts chapter 2. Watch what happens in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all of the believers were believing where? Together. Where? Where? That, that speaks of unity. All the believers, they had one purpose. They were praying. They were in one place. Look what happens when unity happens in vision. Suddenly. There was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. You want to know something? You want to have the wind of the Spirit on the vision of God, not only in this house, but in the vision? Get people that believe in the vision and love doing the vision. There's nothing worse than someone just always complaining and always doing. That is not going to cause momentum. But when you lock arms with people that say, I love this, and I'm going to do it no matter what my role is, there will be great impact to the kingdom of God and great destruction to the kingdom of darkness. Can I hear an Amen. Everyone stand up to your feet. We're going to close. We have some potluck for you. We have some potluck for you. I'm just going to pray. You're not going to have to come up. I just want us to just pray real quick. In our third year, I'm just asking you to ask what phase are you in the vision that God has given you? Are you in the bottom of the mountain? Are you, are you in the top of the mountain pushing that snowball up and you're about to quit? And you need people to help you with that snowball? Or are you finally in the top of the mountain where, where now you see true momentum? Before we leave, I want us to just pray right now. Father, just lift up our hands right now. In the name of Jesus, I ask you that you would release your spirit, Lord God, on this congregation. 
Even though it's late, I'm asking that you would release the purposes of God in Jesus' name. That you would help us to understand where we are at in the vision of our lives. I pray that anyone who's struggling with offense or bitterness or doubt, Lord God, that you would deal with it. I say happy birthday, Remnant Christian Center. To the city of Apopka, I say we bless you in the name of Jesus. We bless the work of this city. We bless the work of the leaders. And we say in Jesus' name, this will be a year of resurrection and this will be a year of momentum with the vision that God gives, gives you. If you're on the second phase, the Lord says, don't give up. I know I, everything in me wanted to give up, but because we stood strong, the Lord has rewarded us. I pray strength for you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, can we give the Lord a shout of praise? Hallelujah. Well, listen, we got some potluck back there. Hug someone before you leave. Get some food. Stay around. Don't go home. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.